Welcome to the Charleston Marketing Podcast, powered by the Charleston American Marketing Association. Broadcasting from our home base at Charleston Radio Group. Thanks to CRG, we're able to talk to the movers and shakers of Charleston, from economy to art, from hospitality to tech, and everything in between. These leaders have made a home here in the Lowcountry. They live here, they work here, they make change here. Why? Let's talk about it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Charleston Marketing Podcast, powered by the Charleston American Marketing Association. We're here recording at the Charleston Radio Group Studios, while Kaz Films is behind the camera, both supporters of Camera. Let's not forget the talented Jerry Feels Good, with the beats at the front and end of our show. Thanks to all of our supporters. Mike Compton here, president of Roombo Advertising, GoRoombo.com, and your director of membership experience. Thanks for joining us, listeners. Stephanie, tell them about yourself. What's up, guys? I'm Stephanie Barrow, your Cama Pass president and founder of Stephanie Barrow Consulting, a digital strategy agency located here in Charleston. Uh, we are very excited to be joined by our guest, a dear friend of mine, Lacey Miller, uh, the marketing communications manager of Charleston Jazz and one half of the dynamic duo, Gracie and Lacey. Mm-hmm. So, Welcome. Welcome, I'm so Lacey. glad Welcome to be to show, here. Lacey. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited Heck that yeah. you're here. Now, Lacey, I get to do the very awkward uh, thing of talking about you. You're a very impressive singer, songwriter, marketer here in Charleston. Hey. And now I get to read uh, ha- your bio right in front of you. And I had to short. I had her shorten it. By <laughs> she the way. did. It was, it was just too much. It was, it was too, much, too much. Too I much impressive. Just the cliff notes. Just the we need to shorten Just the cliff notes. <laughs> so <laughs> go here ahead. we go. Uh, at eight years old, Lacey Miller started her career in show business on her driveway. With a bedsheet strung on a guard hose for a curtain, she and her sister Gracie began staging elaborate musicals with neighborhood children in front of their St. Louis home, and Broadway on the Driveway was born. Well, how cute is that? <laughs> I'm still going. Let's go. Not long after that, the homegrown theater company moved to various venues and grew to a team of over 150 volunteers in full orchestra, drawing audiences and thousands each summer. Lacey became the marketing arm of both the venture and put her design and sewing skills to work creating stunning costumes for stage. I'm excited to dive in this in a second. Mm-hmm. Today, she works full-time in the music industry performing, songwriting, speaking, and making uh, live performances. In addition to promoting Gracie and Lacey and the South of Broadband, Lacey handles the marketing for the nonprofit Charleston Jazz and consults emerging performing artists. In her spare time, she composes, records her original music, and in the process of completing a children's book, Broadway on the Driveway. Come on, a children's book, Gosh, too? I'm exhausted listening to that. Bio. You are a very <laughs> impressive <laughs> person. <laughs> We're lucky here today, uh, listeners. Uh, wh- a children's book called Broadway in the Driveway? Oh, my gosh. And then you guys just hung up sheets and... We did. That's all Talk we had. Talk about it. Like, where was this? This was in St. Louis. That's where I grew up. Oh, right. Cool. And we didn't have the money for um, theater classes, and we wanted so badly to be on Broadway when we were little. And so we just thought, we'll just get our bed sheets. We'll make some curtains. We'll invite the neighbors over. And all of a sudden, we had this little theater troupe. Thousands of people. Not not a little troupe. Well, thousands of well, people came in attendance. Thousands came. We got kicked off the driveway by the police. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the police showed up a couple of years in and they said, you're causing traffic jams. We no. can't get anybody Jeez. down the street. I'll be like, can I offer you some milk and cookies? Yeah. Please have a seat in our we performance. Did, actually. We did? invited them. They oh, stayed awesome. and they didn't They didn't shut us down the first year, but they said, okay, 
Broadway has to move off the driveway. I love I'm, this. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to look back into the notes here. Eight years old. Eight so how old is started? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how old is your sister at this? She's time? two years older. So we were eight okay. and ten when eight we started. Eight and ten. Yeah. Cutest thing I've ever heard of. Oh, um, <laughs> Got to see some photos or some kind of you know oh, documentation some scary on photos that. Back in the archives. Oh, I yeah. bet. That. So you just came out the womb singing and dancing and, and, and marketing. I mean, you're pretty creative. <laughs> marketing around yeah. my home. No, I, I have loved music my whole life. Um, I still remember we had just a few CDs growing up, and one okay. of them was Whitney Houston. Which CDs? Okay, Whitney uh, Houston. I would love to hear you cover Whitney Houston. I love, yes. I love her. She's, she's very talented, listeners. Yes. She's very talented. Yes. So I just, I think it was her, her album, um, The Bodyguard. This little little girl running oh around the house gosh. singing Bodyguard. I'm and... thinking of that movie right now. <laughs> just imagine you doing this. That sounds so fun. Like when the white dress running. Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. So and then my we lived scene. with my um, my grandma Kay when I was little, and she was blind. And oh. so she was completely bedridden, mm. and she would watch Lawrence Welk shows. Oh, wow. And I, she would say, can you describe the costumes? Can you describe what's happening, the singing, the dancing? So I really kind of think Grandma Kay's Lawrence Welk show watching oh, inspired, so like, the singing, the dancing, and the costumes all, you know, from a really So you're like age. a one-stop shop performer-wise. So if someone hires you, now all the costumes that I see, because we'll, we'll jump into this a little bit later, but... Uh, on social media, like you have very elaborate, beautiful jazz costumes. So oh, thank you. I can't. I would love to see some throwback f- photos from your from your childhood. That would be so cute. Were your parents performers? You know, both of them played guitar, and they were both. Um, they both kind of just said, "Go ahead and run wild with your with your ideas." I don't think either one of them knew quite what was going to happen. It was sure. very organic. Uh, really surprised us, but. Um, it was it was definitely a fun childhood for sure. Your house just had like, like all of the instruments in there that you just picked an instrument and oh played type of thing. Oh my gosh, or? our house was like stacked with scenery and props and costumes and sewing machines and instruments and I mean, oh that sounds so we had fun. a whole level of our house that was a studio with like checkerboard floors and mirrors and it was bright red and <laughs> you need to come <laughs> over to so our house. Fun. My kids are currently reenacting the opening scene of the Barbie movie. We're like waking <gasps> up and going. And we wake up, and they're like trying oh. to reenact it. And Matthew are like, "Do y'all need privacy? Because you've got this whole thing down." And then they want to perform it. So, okay, I'm I, buying a ticket. Cute. I'm going to come see that. I that love that. Like Have it in your uh, driveway. So. Hey, okay. I'm not stealing that idea. I think Why not? She's branded it. She needs it. She needs to brand this. Hey, you could teach this as a thing for kids to do. I'm just keep thinking of party ideas. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna, there we oh, go. Oh, that's a fun idea. It is a, it is a battle fun. of the driveway production. There you go. I love it. Yeah. Now, you've made yourself a, a name for yourself here in the Charleston area. So you've, you're originally from St. Louis. Yes. And you moved here, what, you said like 10 years About ago? About 10 years ago. Okay. So Who how came did you first, get your sister started? or you? Sorry. We so. came together, actually. Oh, you did? Yeah. They're um, besties. We are. We're really cool. close. Um, it's kind of crazy how we picked Charleston. Okay. Yeah, talk we about knew it. we were ready to leave St. Louis. A lot of our older relatives had passed away, so there wasn't a lot holding us there. Sure. Mm-hmm. And we, we wanted to be able to be in a warmer climate, I guess. Mm-hmm. Traveling in the winter, trying to do shows um, is crazy in the Midwest. So we literally got maps and we said, cross off anywhere you don't want to live. And Detroit that's cross. a way to do it. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> Virginia was an option and Florida was an option and South Carolina. And we knew we had some family history in Charleston. Right. Um, like from 300 years ago. So we, we wanted to visit. We came on vacation, fell in love with Charleston. I actually met some of the musicians that I still work with today, like on vacation here, um, which was incredible. Um, and then just packed up, moved, and mm-hmm. prayed that 
something God would bring us clients. Absolutely. So I was going to ask, so you've made such a name for yourself here in Charleston. Do you feel like you got your start because of the community, because of your work, because of your marketing? Like, how did you get the ball rolling? Honestly, I have to say it's, it really feels like it was just the right place, the right time. And, um, the community really welcomed us. They were so, the, the music, the musicians, they, they were really helpful in helping us form our first band here. Um, it was really easy to network in this town. Um, mm, it is, it, yeah. There's just, you, you can know everybody in a short amount of time. And it definitely feels that way. I think the fact that we were um, branding ourselves Gracie and Lacey, um, Gracie is my sister's middle name, mm-hmm. and that had a ring to it that people just didn't forget. And so right. that became one of the, the things that people had noticed about us. And we always had kind of a vintage vibe. We love like that throwback era. Yes. And so people would start to recognize us. Oh, like there's Gracie and Lacey, those, you know, cool. jazz singers. Um, and it just kind of caught on quickly. And I feel like we had just a lot of um, a lot of support from the community early on. What, what were you, you had to have been like, were you serving tables? Were you bartending? Were you doing odd jobs to get, you, you know, there's a thing called, right? It's struggling musicians, starving musicians, starving, musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, starving artists. That's the best thing you can do for your business is to start starving. Um, yeah, exactly. Because you will put so much effort into it. You want to survive. Um, so I think that really helped us. We, we came here. We were still commuting back to the Midwest. We did a lot of corporate event entertainment, a lot of uh, theaters throughout throughout the country and so we just started kind of shifting and so the first couple years we were doing a lot of traveling back and forth and then um, we were really going full-time in music so um, rather than bartending we would be teaching lessons we would be singing jingles we'd be doing a lot of related things maybe do a commercial here and there Mm -hmm. anything that came up that was arts or music related we would jump in and do it absolutely 10 years ago you were 28 when you moved here Oh, very good math skills. Mm, You're pretty close. I'm I'm 36, so very close. (laughs) (laughs) Never supposed to talk about age. That was scary to say. That that wasn't in the notes. That was not in the notes. (laughs) So I've heard you sing live, and your your original music is fantastic. You know, I'm a big fan. Uh, We left just singing your songs over and over and over again. So when you start to write, and Mike knows this, I love uh, music marketing is like my passion. So Mm -hmm. I have endless questions, and I'll try not to do that to you. Uh, but when you're sitting down, you're writing like your music, your original music, and you're like when you're becoming the creator. When you through that thought process, like are you writing it for yourself? Are you writing it for your listeners? Are you writing it to tell a story? Like you're writing for your family? Like what's the beginning process to get it to going? Because I feel like writing an original song plus the music that goes along with it, it's it's a pretty big ordeal. Yeah, I'm confused by the whole operation too. How do you what, what what's going on? <laughs> for me? It's usually I'll get an idea mm-hmm. or kind of the hook phrase. Okay. And okay. it's usually inspired by life. Um, so I know they joke about like Taylor Swift. You know, if you've ever dated Taylor Swift, watch out. You're going to end up in a song. It's no joke. Sorry, I mean, guys. But that's really. <laughs> that's how all songwriters are, right? That's it comes from. For sure. Yeah. There's going to um, be a song about a podcast yeah. coming out here soon. <laughs> So I feel like a lot of mine is inspired from life, not necessarily um, all heartbreak songs, but just just life in general, things that I've lived through um, that inspire a particular um, a particular area of growth, usually. Right. And then I kind of get the music and the lyrics at the same time. I don't I don't really have a, a specific formula other than they usually I know how I want the lyrics to sound and I feel like the lyrics 
go hand in hand with the melody and mm. it, they come at the same time for me. Sometimes if I have a really good inspiration, I will literally sit down and the whole song will come to me in less than an hour. Um, and then other times I'll have like 50% of a song that sits for five years until I think of the perfect bridge or the perfect finish. Sure. And I have several, I've got several of those just sitting waiting to be finished. Um, well, I love House on the Hill. You know, that's my favorite. Thank you. Thank you. My daughter Lainey was singing it over and over again for days. And they're, they're like, go online and find out where she is so we can go hear it again. I'm like, calm down. Oh. Stephanie, what's the hook? House on the you sing it. <laughs> I still dream of a house on a hill where the grass grows greener and the tides stand still. Clouds roll on by. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I am a fan. I'm, like, I'm a legitimate fan. She's so hold talented. Hold the applause, everybody. Hold the applause. I just recorded that at Coast Records yesterday. So I love it'll Coast be Records. released later this year. Um, super excited about so that. So where will Amazing. it be released? Like on Spotify? Everywhere. YouTube? Everything? Everywhere. Good. Perfect. Perfect. That's so, awesome. Um... What else you got there, Steph? Um, I want to talk a little bit about, obviously, Charleston jazz. Yes. Give us so some you, history. So you have your original music history. and uh, the Gracie and Lacey dynamic duo who does yeah. the corporate events and that kind of thing. We talked in the in the green room about possibly doing like a, a residency somewhere. Yes. Which would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. Love so that. That might be upcoming. But let's talk a little bit about uh, Charleston jazz. So I met Lacey through actually a uh, Charleston AMA event. It was all about personal branding and talking about Gracie and Lacey and talking a little bit about Charleston Jazz. And you were kind enough to gift me and my husband tickets. Yes. And we went, and it was the first time I'd ever been to uh, one of your events, and I loved it. Like, I loved it. I think I cried a lot. Oh. So we made a date night out of it. We went out to dinner. We we went to, to see the show um, at Charleston Music Hall. And who was the performer again? I told you earlier. It was Wycliffe Gordon. Wycliffe Gordon. Oh, fantastic. Like goosebumps. So for someone who's not familiar with jazz, can you tell them a little bit about Charleston jazz and going to an event here in the Charleston area? Absolutely. So what a lot of people don't know is that jazz, an entire subgenre of jazz, was born in Charleston. That's amazing. Um, we always think New, New Orleans, the birthplace of jazz. But Charleston, if you go into some of the AME churches, if you listen to the Gullah Geechee traditional music and right. their rhythms, that influenced an entire branch of jazz. And it was born right here. So Charleston jazz's name is actually about that. That is, that's where we get our name. Um, we have a performance arm. We have an education arm. We have an outreach arm. And all of them come together to preserve the legacy of jazz. Um, and it's, it's birthplace um, of that subgenre here in Charleston. Um, so we, what you saw was our Charleston Jazz Orchestra. Oh, it's fantastic. If you've not seen like a full 18-piece big band before, mm -hmm. um, a lot of a lot of big bands were formed because back in the day they didn't have PA systems. Right. So you would have to scale up a jazz group so mm -hmm. that people could hear, people could dance. Um, so now that we have PA systems, we don't need a full no. big band, but that style is so incredible. It backed some of the greatest singers of the jazz era. They toured the country with these big bands, played out on Folly Beach for people to dance. That's awesome. That's what we're about with preserving the big band music, and that's what you came to see, which is a real treasure and very rare in our country today. They were just riffing <laughs> off each other. It was just so organic and cool and just like, seamless. Like, everyone were just people bringing up to the stage. I just, like, loved it. It was, like, a full-on. I thought, I don't know, I guess in my head, I've been to New Orleans and I've seen jazz there, but I also feel like jazz is kind of stuffy. And when mm. I went to this, I was like, I was wrong. This is awesome. I feel inspired. I cried. 
It was fantastic. So I feel like it's like the perfect Charleston date night event. Oh, I agree with you. I love I love that when people come to Charleston Jazz, it's a whole night out for them. And right. it's it's a really great way to experience the city and experience kind of the cultural vibe, um, historical vibe all in one. Yeah, absolutely. So you were just when you when you when you and Gracie, what's her first name? Emily she, Grace. Does she go by Emily she, Grace? Yeah, she, it, it, in her civilian life, she's Emily. Civilian life. Emily. I My think wife when I met Emily. her <laughs> at your name. show at, at Folly, I was like, "Hey, you know, hey Gracie, like super. Oh. I'm a super fan, but now I know that's not her first name. She <laughs> I feel silly. I apologize. You're good. She responds to oh, anything. Sweet. So much. when you and Emily Grace were were looking for somewhere to go. You just happened to pick Charleston. You didn't know the history behind. I had no idea about the jazz history. I actually did kind of pick Charleston from a marketing standpoint. Mm. I had been reading. I've been reading about its um, uh, its rising in, as a world travel destination. I had been mm-hmm. reading about just what the business landscape was like, what the artistic landscape was like. Charleston's a place of firsts. Back in the early days, it was the it place, um, kind of like a Broadway of its of its own type. They, um, we had like the first theater here. I believe we had the first opera. We had one of the earliest ballet companies. Charleston loved music. There were societies that would bring in the greatest stars of the day just for private concerts in their oh, parlors. Of course, you know, that sounds and wonderful. So there's been a great love of music here, and I felt like as I read more and more, I thought we at least have to check this place out. Sure. And then we literally on vacation looked for a house. I did the same. Happens thing. all the time. Came for a vacation a year later, I moved. I'm one of those people that everybody can't stand, and I just I'm not leaving. I'm here for life. Yep. So we now can't I, help it. It's, it's a beautiful place to call home. Wait, yes. Before Stephanie um, asks another question. What um the the Charleston jazz? Can you explain that wh- why that is different than jazz in New Orleans? And then you, you were giving us some kind of a beat. Uh, yeah. I can't... Uh, so what's interesting about Charleston jazz as a subgenre and why it's unique to Charleston yeah. is on the Sea Islands and in the Gullah Geechee tradition, you will hear um, a clap, and it sounds like this. Oh, yeah. And if it makes you want to start doing the Charleston dance, that's because that's the same rhythm mm. in the All Charleston right, Mike, let's song. See Charleston let's dance. see you do it. No, I, I have no idea. I have to YouTube it real quick. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I mean, there's a lot of moving going on. You know, and I'm, yeah. Bones are a little stiff right now. Charleston I have to stretch dance, it out first. The Charleston song that you're probably familiar with. Mm-hmm. There are actually several Charlestons in the music world. Okay. So you can actually Google and look for more Charlestons. Look at but us there's, groundbreaking yeah. Charleston. I'm yeah. proud of our yeah. city. But we yeah. have one main Charleston song that became, you know, really popular. But um, that rhythm is really, um, really unique to Charleston. And we also had the Jenkins Orphanage Band. And if you've not heard that story, um, Dr. Uh, Daniel Jenkins, he was a reverend, and he started an orphanage for homeless children in Charleston. And he thought, well, what can we do to raise money for the kids? He got some uh, instruments donated. He used some old Citadel uniforms, and they formed a band. This is cool. They would play in the streets of Charleston. You would see Gullah footwork, um, Gullah Geechee footwork in um They'd have always have some kids out in the front dancing. And that, I believe, is where we see some of the Charleston-style dance forming. Originated. And people would come out in the streets and dance so much that kids that were not in orphanages would tell their parents, I want to live at the Jenkins Orphanage. I want to have fun with music like these kids. Aww. They got to play all over the world. They became um, their, their bands from the orphanage. They were trained classically. 
But when you take African culture and you fuse it with the European tradition, all of a sudden you get this improvisation and you sure. get this rhythm and you started to see this new music called jazz and boom, I, soon I it's all over the country. Story. Did you hear that, New Orleans? We, we, we got our stamp on the, you know, <laughs> we made our mark as well. We're making our mark. We're That's making right. our mark. Yeah. I love That's that. Right. Speaking of making your mark, like, I'm, I'm sorry, Steph, I'm, I'm, You're fine. I'm, I'm answering, asking another question. The, the, I love how we're cultivating talent from within. Mm, me too. You know, so you moved here 10 years ago. I moved here four years ago, Steph, five. If I'm seeing a lot of, um, and it's in the early stages, but I'm seeing a lot of workshops, a lot of schools, like coding school even, for example, like um, arts art schools and art music schools. And then there's like a rock and roll camp for kids, oh, yeah. right? Yes. I can't remember the name of it. I think it might, that might be it. Um, what, what are you guys doing to cultivate in, in the Charleston Jazz? What are you guys doing to cultivate the, the future? Yeah, that is probably the biggest part of what we do. It, um, it all happens in our Charleston Jazz Academy, which yes, is um, cool. in North Charleston. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do is carry on that Jenkins Orphanage tradition. Mm -hmm. And people support that academy like you wouldn't believe with scholarships. And they, if they know of any child that wants to learn jazz that doesn't have an instrument or doesn't have access to um, the finances, we make it happen. And it's because we want, we saw the transformation in the history of Charleston the impact that jazz made on the Jenkins Orphanage, on the whole community, on the world, um, all here in Charleston. And Charleston had historically been known as the place to get good musicians. If you were a Broadway producer, you wanted pit uh, musicians from Charleston. Mm. They were so well-trained in music. Right. So we're trying to carry on that legacy. Right. Um, and it's really been incredible. We get uh, you know people scouting from Berkeley, looking at our, our students and saying, wow, there's really excellent training going on here. These kids love jazz. They love what they're doing. And it's it's been coming full circle, uh, seeing what these kids are going on to become. It's it's I, amazing. I bet it's very, very rewarding for you. Someone, I think I've seen you do some stuff at schools yourself, haven't you? I have. Yeah, yeah. I so. That is the most rewarding part. Um, going into a school, some kids have never heard jazz before. Right. Some kids have never heard of Broadway or they've never right. been exposed to arts and culture. Mm -hmm. And so to come in and bring a show to them, um, I have loved doing that uh, with my sister. And then Charleston Jazz, they have an incredibly robust in-school outreach program that reaches so many students. We, we've put Grammy Award winners in schools. Oh, we've had kids come up and, and learn all of it, uh, what each instrument does. It's really, it's really inspiring and special. Now that's so. Do you do city like, things all over the city, or do you do strictly at where do you typically do that? Yeah, all over the city. Okay, because mm -hmm. I've been to Charleston Music Hall. Do you do things at the Gilliard? And yes, so we have a big Jazz Day for Kids concert every year. It brings okay. in school uh, age children from all over. Okay, it's about twelve hundred kids that experience oh, jazz wow. for the first time. Some of them, um, it's amazing. So we have lots of different events. We we host a huge Charleston Jazz Festival every yes. April. That's multiple venues throughout the city. We have some indoors, some outdoor. It's do you do so anything fun. with Spoleto? We do. We do. We have um, our students actually were part of the opening of Spoleto. They got to play the Charleston with the mayor and of they were overjoyed. Y'all, what is Spoleto real quick for the listeners? Yeah. Do you want to tell them? Uh, what is Spoleto? Sure. Uh, it's an annual, I guess, arts and drama and it's 
It basically brings talent from all over the world, not even the United States, all over the world to downtown Charleston for, I guess, what is it, 10 days? That's a, a I might be speaking out of wow, time. I think 10 time. days. Uh, it's So you'll go outside and you can go to the market and you can see fine art artists. And then at night you can go to the ballet or you can go to musical or different types of performances. It's a full thing of events. I go every year. I have some um, fine art artist clients that participate and so i go and, and it's fantastic if you've never heard of spileto you definitely need to check it out yeah no kidding it's awesome. a, basically uh, all types of arts so Lacey, did you go to school for marketing i did not nice i think if if i had gone to school for marketing mm-hmm. everything i would have learned would have been obsolete uh by now we yep. were talking about this we really? were talking about reels before before the podcast oh, yeah. and you know Reels? What were reels? I mean, I was they one of the last five people, years ago. I was one of the last people to get on Facebook. You know, by the time right. I was on Facebook, it wasn't even cool anymore. Yeah, you, you spent a lot of time on MySpace, didn't you? MySpace you know, days. I spent a lot of time just doing what I loved. I I have amazing? to say, I didn't spend a lot of time on uh, social media or watching television. I was. I you was hear that, kids? Sewing, singing, and, dancing. Yeah. Now you're in a world where you have to market people for a living. Yeah. How ironic. Yeah. So you you sounds like you're living the dream a little bit. I love I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. So on a day to day, you could be, you know, sitting at the uh, in your office doing some marketing, whatever that is, connecting some dots, and then you could go be you know, be singing in front of school, or are you still doing the corporate work too? Yeah, and like- it's it's wonderful because. Um, I, I work remotely mm. for Charleston Jazz, Perfect. and so if I have if I have to hop on a TV show or if I have to do an, uh, a podcast like yes. this one hey. or uh, run into a recording studio and, and lay down a new song, um, I love that I have the flexibility to do that mm-hmm. uh, because then I can I can be out in the community and not just sitting in front of a laptop twenty four seven. And then how do you how do you feel about marketing music and especially jazz, your favorite part, like? I think because jazz, I I cannot market something that I'm not passionate about. Right. And because jazz, if you rewind history in Charleston, jazz was desegregating Charleston before Charleston was officially desegregated. The musicians wanted so badly to play with anyone who was good, to swap techniques. What mm-hmm. are you learning? What are you learning? And I was told by um, a gentleman, he's in his 90s. His name is Lonnie Hamilton. He was back here in Charleston in that early day of jazz. And he said, we would wait for restaurants to close. And then the owners would let us come in and play. And it was musicians from every background coming together. What a cool together. time to be alive, to experience I, just the community of it all. They were co-writing. They were jamming. They were sharing techniques. And it was bringing Charleston together. It was a very unifying art form. Sure. And I think, I don't know where Charleston would be today, actually, without jazz. I don't know. And there's certain places in the city that you can hear jazz, not just through Charleston jazz. Like Forte is very popular now, right? Yes. I love that uh, when people ask about the different jazz bands in Charleston, sure. the different jazz venues, what's hilarious about Charleston, we're big enough to provide world-class entertainment right we're small enough that basically there's one giant jazz band in charleston and we all just use different names but it's the same musicians you're going to see some of the same faces of forte or barca or indigo you're going to see these people uh, mixing around all over town because we all we all know each other we all love working with each other so it's it's a cool community if you're a musician I feel like Charleston is really putting themselves on the map with, you know, like you said, your friends of the Ranky Tanky Band. Yes. They've won, they've won two Grammys. They're very, fan- they're fantastic. I'm new fans of them right now, by the way. You introduced yes. me to a new, yes. 
I've heard of them, but I never listened to them. So yeah, look up Rinky Tanky. They, um, Charlton Singleton, one of the members, used to be the director of the Charleston Jazz Orchestra. So the gentleman's name is? Charlton Singleton. Charlton. The guy's name is Charlton. Yes. Nice. I love that. Yeah. And then one of our um, uh, recent guest artists was Kiana Parlor. She's a member of Rinky Tanky. Yes. So yes. it's a very tight-knit community, and when they won those uh, they've now won two Grammys. They won one this past year. They sure no I was cheering from home. It we was are awesome. so proud of them. And it has really helped put Charleston on the map, not only for music, but jazz. That's amazing. So this episode is dropping in February. So tell us a little bit about upcoming events coming up in the, you know, I think for Valentine's Day. Stephanie already has a plan. Uh, so. She's already planned. She's, she's There's good. always jazz going on at Valentine's Day. We are actually launching our... Um, our 16th Charleston Jazz Orchestra season. So if you want to beat the crowds on Valentine's Day and wait for your date um, until a little later in February. Yes, you um, said the 24th. I believe it's 23rd or 24th. uh, We have our opening show with Manny Houston and the Charleston Jazz Orchestra. We're going to have some like Sammy Davis Jr. and Sinatra vibes. I like that. And Manny's incredible. He's toured all over the world. He's worked with Disney. He's been up off Broadway. He's done all sorts of television appearances. He is a quadruple threat as a performer. He's returning because he was such a popular guest performer for us in the past. And he's going to kick off our whole season. We have a a six-show season. Um, It's kind of like a symphony season. Okay. Only it's got this cool jazz vibe to it so i love it but yeah. your season is april our se- our season for charleston jazz actually goes february through december but april april drum roll <laughs> charleston jazz festival yes which tickets do sell out p.s because i didn't buy them early enough last year yes yes the tickets tend to sell out very fast for the festival um what's cool about that at is that april is jazz month it, it's jazz month nationwide right. Worldwide, I believe. And uh, we also have a special day of Charleston jazz that's um, in April every year that the city proclaimed it. So we have a special Jazz Arts of Charleston Day. So it was the perfect month to do our festival, which is uh, April 18th through the 21st. Love it, love it. Multiple venues. We're bringing in huge headliners. I wish I could tell you who they are. Oh, no, no. (laughs) You have to follow charlestonjazz.com to to hear the official announcement. Nice. Awesome. I'm super excited. So I'm going to go off script real quick. Stephanie loves it when I do this. Um, there's there's got to be somebody out there listening to this podcast. Hundreds of somebody is listening to this podcast. Yes, um, that are a musician that don't know what to do, where to go, that even like marketing like yourself. I mean, there's got to be other Lacey's out there, right? Mm-hmm. Even a, a team like Lacey and Gracie. What, what, what would you tell them? Like what kind of takeaway that like i love taking notes from a podcast right mm-hmm. so i want to like like i want to give as much information to the listeners as possible like what kind of inspiration like what kind of things did you do when you were coming into charleston and wanting to get into music and like, what did you do yeah so other than hustle <laughs> you gotta hustle um i think one of the biggest things is quality over quantity we hear that over and over but um this example, I, for, for years I had been telling my sister, we've got to invest in high-res photography. Mm. But we'd have, you know, people would take some photos and send them our yes. way. And I will tell you, as soon as we hired um, a professional photographer, 
we got two magazine inquiries the second day after we published them. That's, that's great. And so I, you know, that was a that's proof. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So don't skimp on your marketing materials. Um, and honestly, we did not have a lot of money. We were taking a huge risk coming here. So we've done a lot of trade. If like, if you have a skill set like marketing, you can sometimes barter with people. You know, I've helped photographers with their, you know, their websites and with their yep. social media to help, you know, do some trade. And that works both ways really well. Um, so I would say do not skimp on the image because in, in, it's hilarious. There's no such thing as fame. There's so many talented singers like Whitney Houston sitting in church choirs right now that if you put the right dress on them and put them on a stage with the lights and all of the bells and whistles and marketing, they are Whitney Houston. And that's hard for me to say because I love Whitney Houston and there is only one Whitney there Houston. There's only one Whitney. But yes. there are there are incredible mm-hmm. musicians that if they were put wrapped in that pretty package <laughs> of marketing, then people would actually take them more seriously. You yeah. want to create the image that the audience can brag about. And I know that that's not what we want as musicians. I actually hate promoting myself. Um, It's really hard. I love promoting other people, but you have to be able to step outside yourself and allow your client, allow your audience to to brag about you. Mm -hmm. What are are the things that they're going to tell their girlfriend when they're saying, I bought you tickets to this show? Or I, you know... Mm -hmm. I want to Instagram this and show the people the really cool concert I just went to. If you don't give them incredible marketing copy with bragging rights, if you do not give them beautiful photography or high quality, um, high quality audio video, you know, a lot of times we'll have cell phone videos representing an incredible band. You would never know how good they are because they haven't invested in high quality audio. So those, I would say if you're a musician, audio, video, um, high quality photography. Mm-hmm. Start there. Get a simple website put together. It doesn't have to have a million pages. Get your SEO, you know, working for you the best that you can. And then just get out in the community and build an image for yourself. And people will start taking you seriously. Right. So there is no money, right? I don't have any money. I'm a musician. I don't have any money. I don't know how to market myself. Um, I think you said barter. That's mm-hmm. one way of doing it, yeah. right? Uh, the other way is just building that team. Yeah. Um, we had our, our, our guest, um, Jerry feels good. On. I was thinking about him through this. W- podcast. Weren't you just now too? Yeah. Um, and he's, he's built this team. Oh, I just bumped the mic. So he's, um, he's built this great like team. He does is a DJ and does beats and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. he lives on the street in downtown Charleston. Called Strawberry lane. Yes. Where it's a community of people in that same genre of music and they help each other out and they do gigs together. He's constantly tagging me in cool stuff. And when you're speaking about the community, like the jazz community and how you all help each other out and you help each other and your different sets and that kind of thing, it reminded me of him. Because yeah. I love that because that's kind of like insider information that yeah. I had never heard about strawberry. I mean, obviously, I think about Strawberry Fields Forever, like the Beatles, but yeah. they're actually physically living on Strawberry Lane downtown in like on all these different apartments together. It reminds me of uh, I learned something new. I have never cool? heard of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's such a budding music scene because when I first moved here i was a little discouraged by the charleston music scene and over the last couple of years i was like no nah, i just wasn't hip to it and now that i am there's so many things you can do to hear people and support people and that kind of thing mm-hmm. i love it that is so neat it is cool so you were lucky though to have a, a teammate on your on your side already yeah right? i was Take- so fortunate my sister is she's solid i am i'm a dreamer i'm a visionary i'm i like to package things and design things she is like 
we got to get this contract, you know, mm-hmm. tight. We've got to need that. Person. We've got to get these details yeah. in order. She hires the musicians. She makes sure that they get paid. All of those things. So we're a really good team. I I tend to go out and make a big scene, and then she comes and <laughs> organizes it, makes it happen. So it works well. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think I'm going to see you. Well, this is going to once again. This is dropping in February, but I'm going to see you in <laughs> December. So I'm excited because you're doing a big Christmas show. We are. And this so, is an annual event, correct? This is, um, so we do a couple of Christmas things annual. Uh, the first the first Christmas thing, literally right after Thanksgiving, okay. is the Kiowa Island tree lighting. Love it. Uh, we've been doing that for several years now. They have hot cocoa and cookies and families come. and Sunset, surround it's views. beautiful. Gorgeous. Big oh. countdown to light the tree. And we sing holiday music with everybody. It's going to be it's going to be a fantastic night. So that's um, that's a great community event. And then we're uh, coming back with the Charleston Symphony. Oh wow! And we love our we love our Charleston Symphony. They have a holiday pops concert yeah. at the Gilliard Center. So uh, Gracie and I will be jumping in for some songs with them. And they are just they're incredible. Bedazzled outfits. Oh yes, oh yes. I've already been ordering my sequin. I cannot outfits, wait to so. see this. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I I love. I did a little research, just a little bit of research on, on you know, on your on your LinkedIn. And you, you write something here that says, marketing makes music possible. Yeah. As a singer and marketer, I help fill the seats and reach the fans. Yes. Poetic. Very poetic. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Thomas Heath would be very proud. Okay. You want to know something about that? Every LinkedIn, Thomas Heath. She says Thomas Heath. I wrote that after attending Thomas Heath's last class. So, hey, Thomas, Thomas, we love you. You Thomas Heath makes a big impact on Charleston's Mm -hmm. marketing community. Um, He loves LinkedIn. I I kind of had a feeling because he's very good about personalizing. So, you wrote that? Yeah. After your. After. after, after, Thank goodness. You got to thank Thomas. You got to thank Thomas. Good work. Good work. Shout out to We'll him. have you on the show one of these days, I promise. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I just like that. I just thought I had to write that down. I thought that was pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I feel like so many musicians are incredible and no one knows about them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons I learned marketing. I am a self-taught marketer. I have taken so many courses online and classes. It's all about professional development. Yeah. And, you know, it changes so much. Now we're learning about AI and all these new things. So, um, yeah, marketing makes music possible. If no one hears about it, if no one's in the seats, right? then why are we making music? Just for you, ourselves, I guess. I want, I, want, I want to help market the musicians. Like, let's, we've got to figure something out. Like, what else can we do? We can have musicians on this podcast. Absolutely, I would love that. We've had you know, a couple. We already had a few. We have you. two now. Two. You and and Jerry. We will take all. You know how I feel. Bring all the musicians on. Let's do right? this. Right? Because music and marketing, right? They they kind of go hand in hand, oh, don't yeah. they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, stingers. M and M's. I'll bring them in yeah. for the music and marketing podcast. <laughs> love it. M and M's. What now? Music and marketing. I love it. M and M. We. You, yeah. I love the sponsor love idea there too. You're M and M's can sponsor us. Full of ideas. Full. of that's why we love you, Stephanie. Oh, mm-hmm. I love you guys. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Mike and I are going to double date to the Charleston Jazz. Ooh. Uh, you will see. We we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I do want to go. go. I do right. want to go, but I don't know happen. if it's Stephanie, though. But we'll definitely. I'm just kidding. It's her Steph. birthday. Just kidding. Oh, it's your birthday? I'm her down on this. All right, fine. Jake will go with me. <laughs> <laughs> Jake will go. Once he finds a date, yes, he will go. He has a date. We'll go together. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I love everyone it. should go to the charleston jazz and at least experience it one time because i'm telling you right now if you experience one time you will do it again yeah i like that Can i gotta you write do that down it's, that's like, that's good i well, mean it with authority. it's gonna be re- it's recorded so i really felt that way i left going this was so much 
more special than I imagined it was going to be. Oh. I felt more connected to my husband. I was snuggling up. It was oh. great. The whole thing was magical. You guys do not need to be more connected. You guys are like <laughs> two peas in a pod. Don't be like hating you. on my love. <laughs> no, it was really, it was really awesome. That's wonderful. That's what we like to hear. Yeah, so that she was, she shared it, right? She she did what you wanted her to do. She she bragged and shared her experience with. Now you don't have you to know. be in a relationship to go, and you can go with some girlfriends and get dressed up and have a blast here and some jazz too. But you will leave feeling goo goo, and it is wonderful. You can go as a single person. Amen. I, I we have several um, people that come solo because they just love the music so much, and there's a great opportunity to mingle with people and meet other it's people that love music too. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny. I always think of it as a, the perfect date night because it really is. Sure. Um, when when I'm not working for Charleston Jazz, that is what my boyfriend and I are doing. We're going to go and have a date night at Jazz um, yes. in Charleston or New York or somewhere. And uh, so it's funny, though, because I would do that as a single person. I would just go and see it by myself because it's so fun. It is so fun. relaxing. Whenever I hear live music, I just feel so alive. Yeah. I just come out like, I'm going to leave this podcast today feeling more alive. I'm going to go home and copyright and be like, my daughter's going to be like, calm down, mom. It's, it's all good. <laughs> I love I love working with jazz in the background. Me too. Me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, um, jazz fruits. Like I was telling you, jazz uh, fruits. Jazz fruits. Apparently, and and it's it's great. It's it's like a playlist. If okay. You will, okay. Of is it jazz on Spotify? music. It's got me hooked. Sorry. It's a playlist on Spotify. Correct. And Pandora. Okay, awesome. great. Mm -hmm. I'll check it out. Check that out. Yep. Yeah, we play the Charleston Jazz YouTube channel. Uh, my boss and I, when we're working, just yeah. to kind of remind us, like, this is why we do what we do, and it's so incredible. I just listen to that music and it helps you really get into the groove of your work. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, so you just wake up every day like puppies and sunshine and smiling and rainbows. Oh, of course. And just yeah. like, oh, oh yeah, I get to sing yeah. and She really is like and... a light when you're around her. It's so <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Speaking of things that inspire me other than you, um, you introduced me to something that I absolutely am like a, a huge fan of now, which is the Sisters of Song. Mm. What's so this now? I was a Sisters in Song. Uh, it's Say it a, again. Like, it's sisters. A, in Song. And Song. In. I in. in? Mm -hmm. Talk about it. It's a little tongue twister. Sisters and, and song. We could make a vocal more. warm up out of that. Say more about. Uh, yeah. I think I was just excited, so I just messed up the name because I like them that much. It's okay. But, yeah. We got it. We got it. We got it. A sister in song. So it's a like a local community group of yeah. women who work in the music industry. Oh. So either singer songwriters, um, marketers, anyone who has some affiliation with the music industry here in the Charleston area. Yeah. They could just like reach out to Sisters in Song and, and it's like a month it's a month or kinda like we have the Charleston AM chapter. Oh okay. the chapter. They started it. Very cool. Ago, was it? It's been going a couple of years. Um one of the uh one of the people that I knew that first invited me was Emily Curtis. Yes. Who if you haven't heard she's Emily one of Curtis's founders. music, oh, you've gotta great. get on Spotify and listen to Emily Curtis. Emily she, Curtis? Okay. She wrote a great song called Sandcastles. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. beautiful song. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a group of group of women that write music, perform music, record music, and really just encourage each other. Sometimes, as you know, Stephanie, from your work in music, right. there's so much to navigate. And Absolutely, it's so easy to get taken advantage of or oh, not sure. have your your uh, licensing, you know, ducks in a row <laughs> as a musician. And um, so it's it's been a great group. I, I love bouncing ideas off of people. <coughs> Bless you. Mm -hmm. Couldn't couldn't you, help it. It's okay. Do you have... <coughs> Sorry. People cough. It's okay. Do you want some water? I have something. Choking on some water? I got too excited Aww. about sisters and She's so excited. I know, right? Hey, Lacey, do you, do you have any um, recommendations of resources uh, for people to 
learn more about how to license and how to make these contracts uh, for our listener musicians out there? Honestly, I have gotten so much information from a uh, podcaster uh, and blogger. It's Mm -hmm. called Ari's Take, A-R-I, Ari's Take. And I think he's based out in California. Okay. But he writes some incredible information um, specifically for independent artists because the industry is changing what you needed a label for back in the day, you sure. maybe could do yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, some people choose to go that independent route, and it works out great for them. Good for them. That's um, awesome. So he he kind of helps navigate that, um, navigate you know, getting getting your performing rights organization set up and copywriting your music and how to release in a in a proper fashion. Right. Um, so I would I would definitely check out his work. Um, my boyfriend was so sweet; he gave me songwriters for dummies. <laughs> And he That's was like, sweet. I'm That's sorry nice. about you, the you... title, but I thought you could use this. Aww. It's great. There's some great stuff in there. It really is. But uh, yeah, I, there's a lot of, I learned a lot from it. So now, you are resources. a very talented songwriter. So I'm excited to, for the, what's upcoming for you. Thank you. It's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. What are you, what are you doing? Stephanie, you're wrapping this up? Is that what's going on? We got, no, we got I was like just 15 minutes that, to go here. I, I was just hang out with Lacey a little longer. I haven't heard her uh, sing since Folly. Oh, are you trying to put her on a spot right now? I want her to have like, you know, a oh. residency somewhere. I do. Charleston Radio I would Group. love a residency. Like, yeah. I feel, have you been to L.A. a lot? I've never been to L.A. Okay. There's a place in L.A. that I love called Hotel Cafe, which is mm. a hole-on-the-wall venue. It's got a stool. You sing there. I'm not going to name drop. Um, but one of my good friends, who's now a really famous singer, uh, would sit on this stool and just sing her heart out. And you would go and you would buy tickets. And like one night I saw John Mayer there. Like you just like lots of cool people. And I and I love that about the Nashville music scene too, because you could go on any given night and go just sit there, not even like somewhere famous like the Bluebird Cafe. You could go almost anywhere and hear someone singing mm-hmm. a, like with their yeah. own original music. And I feel like that's lacking here in Charleston. Now, if I win the lottery, friends, number one, I'm going to do that. We've talked about this earlier. Like I'm going to set that up. That's that's going to happen. But I, because I miss, I had such a good time at the Sisters and Song night. It was women singing over and over and over again on this tiny stage at Folly Beach at Chico Ferra, right? Mm-hmm. And it was what ten performances in a row. Yeah. And I was getting eaten alive by mosquitoes, and I was <laughs> not terrible. leaving. I was not leaving because I enjoyed it that much. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're missing that place to go. It's mm-hmm. often where I'm like state night. I'm like. Where can we go hear live music, Matthew? And he's like, every place is sold out if there's anything. And I feel like I'm just really excited to hear you sing again. I was that entranced with your words. It was mm. you're so you're so talented. Well, when will Thank when you. will we be able to hear you sing again? Yeah. So a lot of our events are um, are corporate events, so they're they're yes. private. But um, the Kiowa Island Tree Lighting, the Charleston Symphony, my original music. Um, I'll be putting an announcement on. Lacey Miller official. So Yay. if you follow Lacey Miller official on Instagram or Facebook, I do. I follow her. You can. It'll also <laughs> it'll go to the Gracie and Lacey account too. So if you're following Gracie and Lacey, um, so I am going to drop House on a Hill. Yay! Very soon. That's my song. Um, oh. And I have several other songs that are in the works and just carving out the time to chip away at at releasing them. Um, so that's where you can follow original. You know music. where I've been finding a lot of original music. Where's that? TikTok. Oh. Oh yeah. TikTok is the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you on? You know, I am just not one of the cool kids yet. I haven't gotten into the TikTok. It's name. it's hard. I work with a, a band and from the DC area, and, and they're on TikTok, and it's hard because I love TikTok for what it is, but most of it's like trending songs that are already popular. Mm-hmm. So to put your original music out there, 
it's it's they get more likes and more hits for, or more followers from singing like covers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or or dancing to like popular songs or doing whatever cheesy trend is. And so there's got to be like a happy medium. I always think about digital marketing and, I'm like, and I feel like Instagram is probably a little bit more. Remember SoundCloud when that oh, was a yeah. thing? Yeah. Oh, I loved all those platforms that really streamed and pushed, you know, new arising artists and that kind of thing. There was one TikTok that I follow now because he did such a good job okay. in pre, uh, pre-marketing the drop. You said mm. drop, so it made me think of this guy. Um, man, what's the name of his song? Was Champagne and Red Lipstick or something like that? That's catchy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was really, really catchy. Um, um, and, and, and he would just sing a little bit of it, mm-hmm. like, the, like the hook, and then that would be it. And then he did a couple of things like, oh, let's hear your version. What do you think it's going to sound like? Or, or you know, different dances and stuff like that. Yeah, so they do this thing on TikTok like, where an artist will sing a little bit of a song. It's called a duet, right? Cigarettes and lipstick. Yeah, and then someone else will sing a little bit and they piece it all together. It's, it is cool. It's cool to see the community of it. Mm-hmm. I think TikTok became so big during COVID. We were all sitting at home. And I do love it um, for what it is. But I do think it's hard as a, an original artist to really be seen in that kind of space. You really do. You know, one of the people from a marketing standpoint that's done a really good job getting their genre that's less popular heard is mm-hmm. Postmodern Jukebox. Oh, yeah. They what are is this? throwback, like roaring 20s, 30s, 40s. Okay. They have the whole vintage vibe and they have brought such a new audience to that style because they sing whatever's trending whatever's popular, but they throw it back to the old style of playing. Ooh. They might throw a tap dance That's on stage. Cool. Mm-hmm. They put all sorts of guest vocalists on there, which cross-pollination of your yeah, audience yeah. is a big deal. Oh, guest oh, performers. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's tagged in it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so they. I, I find uh, Scott Bradley has a postmodern jukebox, and I really think he's got a good strategy going mm-hmm. for introducing that old-school genre to a new audience. Right. It was brilliant brilliant you can hear you know beyonce or something trending in that style i'm sure they're doing taylor swift right now they would definitely uh garner a big audience doing that it's escaping my mind right now so excuse me listeners but what is that showcase every single year where someone like does a song and they send it out to the masses and they pick one it's a single no 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 it's 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 anybody else know nobody knows What'd you say? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Them. It's it's um I want to say like tiny footprints. It's it's oh tiny desk. Tiny desk. Yeah, there NPR. we go, friends. Yeah. Woo, tiny desk through NPR. I should know that. Goodness gracious. If this y'all is don't... a tiny desk. We could, it is. We could tiny tiny podcast. What's the tiny desk? <laughs> Will you talk about it? What yeah, you so it out it's, now. What it's is through it? NPR. Uh any artist can 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 write a song and submit it to be tiny desk. And it's like very famous platform. They pick one that does really well every year. Okay. But um, it's a huge network because it's through NPR and they're really pushing it out there. And, you know, you and I could sing a song in our shower and submit it and it could win. And they win, I think, a recording contract. They run all these things. Mm. But it's not like American Idol or anything like that online because there's a lot of legitimacy beside, behind NPR. Yeah. Like, even some famous artists have put their stuff out there just to be heard. And Interesting. With Tiny them. desk. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. You I work take that really, for Charleston Radio Group. And, and it really is. It's literally it. a very tiny little office desk. Yep. And they cram bands in there. They, they've piled up on top of each other practically with their amps and everything. And it's become this like viral sensation. Everyone it is wants very, to play Tiny Desk. Yeah. I've cool. submitted to them before. Oh. You have? Oh, good. NPR. Look Where 
my submissions. <laughs> no, it's it's you need to check it out. It's really cool. I work with the band uh, Aaron and the Wildfire, and they submit every year, and their stuff is so good. And <gasps> the band that beat them out last year was called I think they were called Oh He Dead. Oh, do you know her? No, no. She, it's she's a great this, name though. Oh, <laughs> I know. They're based out of DC, and she's got this soulful, cool voice. And it just what I what made me think of that is because it helped me introduce me to a lot of musicians I'd never heard before. So then all of a sudden I have like curated the Spotify list for people I'd never heard that I heard through for that through that. Can you know? I have your Spotify list? Yeah, sure. I want your Spotify. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's 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 you know, I, I don't know, I like voices. So yeah. I I like I like the music. I like to dance and stuff for for fun, but when I'm mm-hmm. sitting there working, it's all about mm-hmm. the song and the lyric. Yeah. yeah. I, I just hear voices in my head. So you hear voices. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Can I talk about that. <laughs> um, talk about the daughters of the American Revolution. Oh, what is going on there? I wow. like that. Well, you know, I uh, moved to Charleston, didn't know anybody, uh-huh. and um, was digging into my family history here, okay. which is what sparked my interest in coming to Charleston. So, if you've ever seen the street called Legree Street, uh-huh. it's spelled Laguerre, but I'm told that to pronounce it Legree. Okay. I remember my great great aunt Louise Lacey. I'm Lacey Louise. She was Louise Lacey. Uh-huh. I remember her telling us um, about the Legree family and how that's the way you talk about them. They were from Charleston and they were French and they were um, Huguenots and they ended up in Charleston. Sure. And that's kind of where our family line landed here. So I wanted to know all about that. And the place to ask these old you know, history questions is the Daughters of the American Revolution. So went uh, knocking on their door and they were like, well, we need some young members. And <laughs> I can only imagine. So, yeah, I, I wish I could say I was, you know, more involved. But um, it definitely in my early seasons here, they were really, really sweet and helping me figure out who am I? Where did I where did my people come from? What That's were their names? Cool. And That's I really neat. I found out that in White Point Garden, my revolutionary era grandparents fell in love and i wrote a song about it no, of you course did i did oh, okay. i did uh, that one is called oh gosh i it's it's got to have a working title but it's all about um how my uh my grandfather was a very very devout huguenot and my great great grandmother loved to dance and go to parties and kind of live this like not devout life oh, I love so it. he would marry her and that went on for years and years and they were Mike's so in love currently googling huguenot <laughs> i'm 100 googling huguenot yeah. i've never heard this Google before huguenot. I, at first it's I for heard the listeners it. i was like is this a cult what is this um sounds very cultish yeah so from france um, oh, okay. french protestants from france and he was so devout that he would not marry her and she finally agreed to uh, raise the children in a devout lifestyle, and they got married, and it was just like a beautiful love story. It, it turned out to be so like precious and sweet and um, was able to track down some writings that she wrote, and it just made me want to write a song, so I did. And um, so uh, it's just all about how, you know, they make each other laugh and how they fell in love. And That's so sweet. Yeah. I'm excited for you, and you do have a love story blossoming, but we won't talk about that today. <laughs> but if he's listening, I can't wait to meet you. Aww. Yeah, he's, I'm excited. He'll, he'll be listening. That's awesome. <laughs> Super. Um, thank you for the Huguenots drop. Uh, now yeah, I know history lesson. There. Yeah. Is that funny to you, Allison? Allison's our engineer. I ask the dumb questions, okay? It's not. There are it's no fun. dumb questions. Thanks, Lacey. No dumb questions. You can come back. 
<laughs> this has been you're, awesome. You're welcome back. Lisa. You're welcome back anytime. And Aww. she was fantastic uh, doing a coffee talk. So maybe we'll do something like that again, too. So I would love to have your sister in. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Think she would like to do it? I am a huge fan of my sister. Oh, I, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, she's, That's so she's nice of you, super Lisa. talented. A fan. She is all of the things that I'm not. So we make a really good team. Good team. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent tap dancer. She is. Yes. She tapped in. We had a hard time finding. Uh, we live in a townhouse with like a shared wall. Okay. And I check in with the neighbor all the time. Like, do you hear the tap dancing? Are we driving you crazy? The worst Please thing the neighbors can hear. hear. I'm sure Come they over hear. Come for a free so show. Far, so far, I mean, so far it's been a great neighbor. He has not uh, had us evicted, so that's good. That's wow. awesome. That's all right. Well, cool. I know you have a lot of uh, fun, exciting things coming up. So how can people stay in track? Absolutely. Um, if you want to follow Charleston Jazz, super simple, charlestonjazz.com, all the social media platforms, follow Charleston Jazz. Um, we've got a great concert coming up at Christmas that you're coming to December 2nd at Charleston Music Hall, 5 o'clock for the early people, 8 o'clock for the late night owls. Um, super excited about that. We've got uh, Gracie and Lacey shows coming up. You can follow that at gracieandlacey.com on all the social channels. And then Consistent. if you want to follow that original music, that's Lacey Miller Official on uh, Instagram and Facebook. That's right. You know that Lacey Miller Official. Official. Yes. Let there be no other Lacey Miller. She is Miller. a song, <laughs> song Lacey Miller fake. Friend. I'm going to make song it right now. Literally goosebumps every time I hear you say Oh, thank you. Well, this was fun. I'm excited to see you. You guys uh -huh. are fun. I oh, want to hang out with you more. Nice. I know. Yeah. We'll do lunch so soon. Fun. Thanks fun. for You can come lunch. Yeah. You can come to lunch. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks. You're welcome. I like to eat. Girls Good. lunch, but you can come. You oh, can my come. gosh. Yeah. So fun. I'm so out of place in this interview. Here. It's all about the ladies. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Totally fine with it. There you go. Uh, Lacey, thank you so much. Um, before we leave, we need to thank our sponsors, the Charleston Radio Group. Thank you, thank We're you. We're in their studio, Cos Films, behind the camera. Uh, Jerry Feels Good with the boots. And, of course, the American Marketing Association. Hey, if you want to be a sponsor or a guest on our podcast, reach out to podcast at charlestonama.org, and we'll get right back to you. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yay, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. See you next time, Charles. Bye. Thanks. It says here, both say bye. One, two, three. Bye. Bye. That's <laughs> <laughs> sort of in harmony. I try. I try. Oh, sort of boy. a dissonant harmony, but. <laughs> oh, should we harmonize it? But one, two, three. Bye. bye. No, oh, no, I don't bye. know. Bye. 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 <laughs> All right, we're going on the road with bye. this act. Sign me up. All right. Peace. Bye.